just uh, let me get in this. I was going to try to tell you where this come from, but I think I'm going to go ahead and be done with our series. I've been uh, doing I kind of, it's kind of a good place to end it and have another direction I'm kind of wanting to go for next week. Uh, not next week, because next week we'll probably just be having a one service. I do want to say that it is a Labor Day weekend. Um, Brother Heath Travis is be preaching that day. We'll probably just do worship, or we're going to just do worship, and we're going to do then the preaching, and then uh, we'll probably eat afterwards. We usually do that Labor Day weekend, and we're going to celebrate Sister Cheryl's birthday. She's going to be 25, so we're going to celebrate her birthday. <laughs> Uh, your your birthday will be after the next week, so we'll have to take care of you later. So, yeah, I got two birthdays coming up. But anyway, just kind of throw that out there. But let, let me read this. Um, this is going to be one of those that I wish we had a bunch of folks here. This is something people need to hear, um, and that's why I talked said something about the podcast. And if somebody we'll be listening to this later on our podcast I encourage you to share this with others because this would be this is a sermon this is something I feel like the Lord laid on my spirit that is going to help someone um, so anyway Philippians chapter 1 verse 3 Paul speaking to the Philippian church I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy uh, for the fellowship and the gospel from the first day unto now. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure Jake had the right one there. And this verse right here is where we really want to be to, getting to. Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of of Jesus Christ. So you, you can be seated. Um, thank you for honoring the word. So in, I, I guess I'll kind of do a little bit of some teach mode with this, but I, I don't want to share and just tell you that I'm, I'm so glad you're here today. I know we've got some out for various reasons and you're here and I'm thankful for that. But I want to say this, I want to go farther than that today. I'm glad to have everyone that claims Harvest House to be their church. Not all of them come. Not all of them come all the time. Some only show up once or twice a year. Um, in fact, was told recently of someone that has probably just been here. Um, man, I bet they haven't been to church. But since the existence of the church, maybe two to three times, but they told somebody, if I go to church, I'm going to go to Harvest House. That's my church. We have a lot of people that's like that. And I'm okay with that. I wish they would come all the time. But I do want to say this today, that the fact that none of us have arrived in heaven yet. We're still here. We're still breathing. Um, we are still, says Janet, we're a work in progress. Um, now, I'm certainly glad today that I'm not what I used to be and that I'm not, and also that I'm not what I will be. I'm not what I used to be. But Sister Michelle, I'm also not what I'm planning to be, what I feel like God wants me to be through Him. We are to travel toward eternity. We should live every day that we're traveling towards eternity. And we're not to stay stuck in the worldly affairs of this life, although it's hard sometimes. We get stuck in this life. And um, man, Brother Tom Trimble preached to us Friday night, and it's a powerful message. They're supposed to get them on uh, audio to us. If they do, I want to make sure you guys hear that, especially that Friday night. He preached, don't die on the devil's day off which is so powerful. And basically his, his, his essence of what he was saying is just don't let life... Basically he said we don't need a devil for us to go to hell. Sometimes life just kills us. And he's talking about how when Absalom went against David and there was a battle. I made a little post about it on Facebook. But um, basically that 
the woods killed more people than the sword of the enemy did that day. People died just because of the environment. And life can get us sometimes, but as we travel towards eternity, I want us to keep in mind the fact that we are simply clay. And we are clay in the hand of the eternal potter. Jesus is still molding us. He's still making us. The scripture says, He which began a good work in you will perform it today, Jesus. He started a good work in every one of us. And Jesus is still working on us now. Every day. And Jesus has great plans for us on this earth, but ultimately in eternity. Sister Janet, that's the go, is eternity. As Paul said to this Philippian church in this text today, in verse 6, I still have it here behind me, is he said, he was confident of this thing. He's confident of the fact that he, God, Jesus, which he began a good work in us, he's going to perform it until the day that Jesus comes. So my thought today is just simply this. He's still working on me. Won't you say that? He's still working on me. Okay. Now, I don't want what this story I'm going to say to be... I don't want you to check out and be offended by what I'm fixing to say. And even those who may listen to this on podcasts later, I, I hope you don't turn me off at this point. Hear this whole story out. During the men's conference, one of the speakers was Brother Jason Advent. He was preaching. He was telling the story of how uh, his childhood, of how when he was young, his dad, he remembered being five years old, and his dad, his mom being behind the toilet, and his dad beating his mom, and how he stood at five years old, he stood in between his dad and his mom and saying, Dad, that's a no, no, no more. Told about his horrible childhood as his dad being a drug, addicted to drugs and alcohol and how they separated when he was eight years old, got back together. And then when he was a teenager, they separated again and got divorced about how hard it was. But he said he had the privilege of six years ago of baptizing his father and his father receiving the Holy Ghost and getting back in church. And at the age of 60, six years ago, God brought his dad from a life of drugs and alcohol. He delivered his dad from drugs and alcohol. And even Sister Janet put his mom and dad back together, remarried after 20 years of divorce. His mom and dad got back together and got remarried. And God delivered his dad from alcohol and drugs. Now, this is the, the thing that spurred this thought today. He said this. He said his dad had been in church for six years, but his dad was still struggling with nicotine. Okay? And this, and this he made this powerful statement that fueled what I'm talking about today. He said this. He said some would say that his dad is not fully delivered because he still smokes. He said, but I would say to them... Any progress is better than no progress. And my dad had been delivered from drugs and alcohol. And although he may be still struggling with nicotine, leave my dad alone. Now, he did qualify his statement by saying that does not give anyone a license to be addicted to cigarettes, which I do totally agree. Uh, but that God was still working on him because after all, he had smoked from the time he was 14 and he's now 16 so over 50 years he had smoked and the doctors will tell you that nicotine is a more powerful addiction than any drug out there that you may get on and people has more trouble to get off away from nicotine whether it be a cigarette or even to, uh, dipping they have a harder time to overcome that addiction than they do drugs and alcohol and I can qualify that with the fact that my foreman years ago which he has passed on now and gone to meet uh, uh, to meet the Lord and and get his eternal destination but he told me he said when I when the Lord saved me 
we, I had the privilege of baptizing him years ago at, at Star Bethlehem, my, my, my foreman, his mom, and his mother-in-law. But he told me this. He said, um, he said people said that, you know, this just, just quit, lay it down. And, and I'm, I'm, not ta- I'm not preaching against cigarettes or anything, but I'm trying to qualify where I'm going with this today. But he told me this. My, my foreman said this. He said, he said, I laid down cocaine. I laid down crack. I laid down all these drugs. All this stuff, alcohol, I laid it down. He said, but cigarettes is something I cannot hardly get beyond. He did eventually quit. I will say that. He did eventually quit. Now, again, I did not come to preach against nicotine today, although it is an addiction. And if you are battling, you should, battling that, you should do all you can to get, uh, get that out of, our, out of your world because it will add years to your life. It will add... Uh, make you have better days, definitely, and which, if it adds years to your life and have better health, that means we can do more for the kingdom of God. So it's something you should get out. But Brother Advent's story about his dad was, uh, um, about him, his experience with smoking is what fueled this thought today because the truth of this matter is where some may struggle with an addiction of nicotine, someone else will be struggling with addiction to lying. And where some may uh, struggle with addiction of lying, somebody else may struggle with addiction of food. And, and some are struggling with understanding the importance of having a pastor in their life. And some struggle with the problem of not understanding about paying tithes or the fact that, that there is a, a certain order of how we need to look and dress in, in holiness. And some may struggle... Uh, with also even the tenets of uh, the importance of church attendance. Because at the end of the day, if we go to hell because of sin, the type of sin, sin that we struggle with won't keep us out of heaven. But sin that has not been truly repented of is what will keep us out of heaven. Okay? To repent of sin means that to ask for forgiveness of that sin, and then we don't continue in that sin. And I've, I've explained that fact that there's a difference between a sinner and a saint. We all sin. On, on my best day, I get mad. Now, my, my sin may not be like somebody who just came in off, and, off the streets and God saved them and, and uh, they're battling with an addiction in their life. But mine would be like, um, I'll just be honest and transparent with my struggles, the things that I have to overcome because he's still working on me. And I've not overcome it yet. Is getting grumpy and, and being mean to my wife or my kids or even maybe somebody else, you know. That's my struggle. And yours may be another one. But... What we have to understand is he's still working on me. Sister Janet, he's still working on you. Sister Michelle, he's still working on you. And when I, when I look at the scope and understand that he's still working on me, I should be able to look at you and also realize he's still working on you. And therefore, before I go and judge somebody else of where they're at in their walk, I also need to realize that I'm also in a place of my walk and I've not arrived yet. I'm not in heaven. So uh, let me move on from that because I, I want to go somewhere with this today. He's still working on me. Say that. He's still working on me. Now, it does not give, does not give me a license to sin because he's still working on me. But it should give me hope today to know that Jesus is not done with me yet either. And as a child of God, we need to realize life, this life, arriving at some status in this life is not the destination for us. Okay? But this life is a journey toward eternity. And as long as you and I are still breathing in this life, we have not arrived. In the end of our journey is eternity. Because Paul talks about, lest I preach to others 
I myself become a castaway. Paul understood this concept of what I'm trying to tell, tell us today that I could preach to other people and myself be lost. And them be saved by me preaching to them because they receive the gospel, they start their journey, and they let God continue to work on them because there is a danger in people who've been in church all their life looking down on someone else and thinking, just because you don't have it all together like I got it all together, you're less than I am. And we can never get to that place because if we ever do, then I might become, like Paul said, I might become a castaway and I could lose out. Some of the most phenomenal preachers I've ever seen in my entire life has preached to me that are no more, ser no more now serving God. And I think part of the reason is that they forgot the fact that he's still working on them. And I've got to let him still work on me. I've got to let him continue to work in my life because the scripture that I give us today, verse 6 here, he that had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That, what that means until our day that we have our final judgment. And surely the last month we have seen how true James 4 and 14 is, which is, for what is your life? It's a vapor. That appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. And I know Sister Michelle and Brother Clark right now are extremely on edge with the fact that their son is in the hospital. He's 30, 34 years old on the ventilator battling COVID and how short life really can be. Alex, 14 years old, how short life can be. Monica, 23, Linda, 54, Eddie, I remember what he was, 44, Trevor, 24, 5 years old. We see a variety of all kinds of different ages there. And what that's let us realize that life is short. And although we should observe Psalms 90 and 12, which tells us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom, we have to make sure that we understand that life is short. And we can do all, do all that we can to prepare for eternity. But we also got to understand about this about ourselves. And it will make this journey a little easier. And also looking at other people. He's still working on us. And although we're, we're not there. I, I'm 50 and I know you guys are 20. And <laughs> you're, we are what age we are. He's still working on me where we are. Because I, I look back here, you know, little um, um, Brooklyn today. Corbin's bigger than her. He's going to be seven months old this coming Friday, I think. And she's what? Going to be? She's 10, 11 months? She's 10 months? Nine or 10 months? November, she'll be a year. So we're looking. And she's, although she's smaller than him, and you would think, well, by appearing, it looks like Corbin ought to be able to do more, and he can't pull up like she was back there. She's pulling up, bouncing up and down. But it's different stages of life, and we can't just judge people by looking at them and realize God's not done with that yet. God's not done with me. He's not done with you. He's still working on me. And this ought to give us some hope because as long as we're still breathing... That means God's still working on me. Yes, we may be a hot mess every once in a while, okay? At times, this life causes us to be a, a, a hot mess, but we still have reason for rejoicing in our, the fact, in our relationship with Jesus because I'm still breathing. And that means He's still working on me. Because if I'm not breathing, that means, okay, I've done all I can do with the moment I quit breathing is the moment God says, okay, I've done all I can do with you. Your life here is done. Now it's time for judgment. So Sister Janet, as long as I'm still breathing, every day when I wake up in the morning, I'll have applied that scripture to my life. Let everything that hath breath praise you the Lord. Yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm still struggling with this habit. I'm still struggling with this situation. But he's still working on me. And if somebody... Uh, I think everybody here today we, uh, that, that's, that's here under my voice here, we, we're, 
we've been baptized and filled with the Spirit and we're making our way. But if anybody hears this later and not saved, I, I want you to know that you can be because if you don't, if a person don't claim to be anything, as far as a Christian, guess what? God's still working on them because they're still breathing. If you have a lost kid that's out there and you think, oh God, they're never going to be saved, don't say that. Because as long as they're still breathing, He's still working on them. Because breath in this life means that God is still giving us an opportunity to, to fulfill Philippians 3 and 6, or Philippians 1 and 6 here where He said, He began a good work in you and He's going to perform it until the day. He's going to keep working on us until the day we take our last breath. And when we take our last breath, that means, okay, I'm done with working with you, and now then's judgment. And, and, and as long as we're breathing, the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 5 that He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He'll go with you all the way to the end. He's still working on me. And we need to know that today that Jesus, Sister Janet, He's committed to us. Jesus he has a great investment in humanity. And, and in this text today, he said that he was confident. Paul said, he said, I am confident this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. He began something good in every one of us. Paul, he, he's covering a, a, a great, powerful spiritual, some spiritual territory. When when when. When uh, uh, we all know what Jesus did for us the day He saved us, okay? Some of us were low-down, rotten scoundrels, and He saved us. He didn't have to save us. Some, some were were like me. I was raised in church all my life, but I was a stinking hypocrite. I'd go to church and I'd shout and I'd go to the altar, cry, cry and pray and. Weep and I'd go to school and cuss like a sailor and act like all the other boys. But thank God he was still working on me. He began something in my life at, at, at uh, uh, nine years old when he filled me with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. And I walked away from God. But thank goodness he didn't stop. He began something in me. Some was drug addicts. Some adulterers. Some fornicators. Some living in an idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and wrath and strife. That's where he found us. He saved us from that. As Paul said in Galatians 5.21, he said, Envians, murderers, drunkenness, revelings of such like. He said, time passed, I told you that they would do such things. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But we were there, but he saved us. And he's still saving us. Because he's still working on us. Jesus knew what we were when he got us. But he saved us. And we're not what we want to be in God. And we're not what God wants us to be. But I'm still breathing. And he's still working on me. I'm not what I used to be. But we fail to think about the fact that our salvation... He didn't begin when he saved me. It began long before he saved me. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says this. Think about this today. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. God loved us before we ever existed, Sister Janet. He loved us before... We were ever conceived inside our mother's womb. Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6 says, According to He has chosen us, listen to this, before the foundation of the world. Sister Janet, He chose you before the world was even created. That we should be holy without blame before Him in love, having predestined us as unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, 
to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted and beloved. What He's saying here is, before I formed this world, I looked down through time and I seen you. I seen you being conceived. I seen you being born. I seen you in your sin. And I loved you then. And I made a way then for you to be saved. That's how much He loves us. He chose us before this world was even formed. And we can see from Revelations, I, I'm not going to read them all, but from Revelations 3 and 8 and 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20, that God prepared a Savior, which is Jesus, for us before He even formed us. What, what, what about these scriptures? They're famous. We know these verses. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely... He, speaking of Jesus prophetically, because Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, hadn't been born yet. Surely he had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. And what? He was wounded for our transgressions. Everything he took on the cross, he took it for our transgressions, which means sins. Sister Janet, on the cross, before we was born, there was prophesied it was going to happen. And then when it happened, it was still before we was born. He took wounds for our transgressions, for my sins. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. God had already finished our salvation before we were even born. So, he which had begun a good work in you, He didn't begin when He saved us. It began before the foundation of this world. And the cross and all Jesus accomplished there had already been planned for us before we were even born. Jesus had already made a huge, significant investment in our salvation, which is us being saved before we were ever born. And I cannot see Him walking out on us now. I cannot see Him walking out on us ever. Jesus did not do what He did in vain. He did it to save our soul. And I can promise you today that He is still working on you no matter what you may think of yourself. You may look at yourself and think, I'm a failure. I'll never get it right with God. I'll never get everything like it needs to be. But I'm telling you now, he didn't go to Calvary and shed blood. He did not uh, uh, fight the pyres of hell while, uh, while them three days. He wasn't sleeping. He went down to the death, hell, and grave. He went down to hell and he got the keys to death, hell, and the grave and said, them are mine because that's going to release my people. That's going to set them free. And he was while he was in that grave, praise God, preparing to rise again to give us hope of a resurrection. He did not do that in vain. And he's still working on us no matter what we think about ourselves. You may wake up feeling like a failure. You may wake up feeling like I'm never going to get it right. But if you do, I want you to do this. Because if you're still breathing, he's still working on you. Because when he's done working on you, he'll take, his, he'll take that breath from you. You see, Paul went on to say that the same God who began this good work, he said he will perform it. That phrase means to bring to an end, to complete, to accomplish entirely, to furnish completely. God will continue the work he's begun in you and me until the day we're perfected, completed, and at home with him. Or to the day that we decide we don't want it. Jesus did not go to the cross and die. Buried, rose again, which is the gospel. To lose a single person along the way home. He'd done that because he's working for us. And working on us. He saved us by grace. He gave us the gospel with the intention to save us from for eternity. That word until tells us that God is doing what he is doing in us with the end in mind. He said until, until the day of Jesus, Jesus Christ, which is that day of judgment, that day of reckoning. We are headed somewhere. Now, 
let, let me go a little deeper with this today. He's still working on me. But how is he working on me? How is he doing it? The Lord told the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. I'll paraphrase it as I go. I won't read, I'll read some and paraphrase some of this. But he said, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, I want you to go down to the potter's house. Because I want to teach you a lesson down there. But you go down there and want you to hear my words. Jeremiah went down to the potter's house. And he said, I looked and I seen he was doing some work on the potter's wheel. Anybody ever seen that? You ever seen a potter's wheel? I remember being a kid going somewhere. Maybe it was LBL and actually getting to get my hands all nasty in the clay and all that stuff. But he looked and seen it. On, and, and there was vessels that was there on a potter's wheel. And he said, vessels that were made of clay and they were marred in the hand of the potter. And the Bible says, in verse 4 of Jeremiah 18, he said that he made again another vessel that seemed good to the potter to make it. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and told him, he said, can I not do with you as this potter? He said, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. God chose us as a vessel through which to work. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't make sense to me why God, who can do anything, would choose to restrict himself to me. I'm imperfect. I'm flawed. I'm inconsistent humanity, as we all are. Me and Sister Cheryl was traveling to get our first pickup today, and I was talking to her about some things that I felt like the Lord spoke to me um, during the men's conference, and I was crying and weeping and just telling her, <laughs> basically said, I'm not there yet, honey. And I was thinking about this, this word because I feel like God not only spoke it maybe to the church, but for me, he's still working on me. I'm not there yet. But for some reason, Sister Michelle, he chose me. He chose you. Inconsistent, flawed humanity. God's always looked for men and women to work through. Even in our inconsistencies. Even in our flaws. He has chose us. To move and carry the gospel. In Jesus. How, how is he working on. How is he still working on me? He puts me on the wheel. And he makes a vessel out of me. Isaiah 43 and 13. God said I, I'm going to work. But who is going to let me work? He, even those sinners. Ranked sinners out there. That don't claim to be anything with God. They're still breathing. And God says, I want to work with you. But he won't let them work with them at this point. So what does he do? In his long suffering, he keeps working on them through all kinds of things. You know, by finding a track laying down there or, or just running into a Christian somewhere that shares the gospel with them. He's working on everybody. You see, God, he wants to work, but are we going to let him work through us? Yeah, he's still working on me, but a lot of times, I'm too resistant. I push back. I push back from Him. But the truth of the matter is, God needs a vessel to work through. He could come down here if He wanted to and make everybody live for Him. That's not what He's looking for. He's looking for somebody that will choose to climb up on that potter's wheel and say, Lord, would you mold me? Would you work my life? Ezekiel 22 and 30. He said that the Lord sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand the gap before the Lord. I should not destroy it. He said, but I found none. I hope it can't be said to Marion that he couldn't find somebody that he could work with. I don't think that's true. We got people here. And God desires for us to be a vessel that we can stand in the gap even in our imperfections imperfection sister Janet he still wants to use me 
Even though of my inconsistencies. When I'm struggling with something. And if you're, uh, those who may listen by way of podcast, if you're struggling with addiction, I want you to know, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you. You're struggling with hitting what somebody else has set a mark for you. We're not trying to meet other people's marks. We're trying to meet God's mark, which is the day of judgment, eternity. The day of Jesus. That's the scripture still behind me here. Performing to the day of Jesus Christ. And, see, and God, here's, somebody's going to go to hell. And God needs somebody or some vessel that we can stand in the gap, make up that hedge. God needs us. And if we can get through our mind that he's still working on me despite my imperfections then I can be on that wheel and he can work with me we got to understand how important we are to the work of God and God moves through us somebody needs to hear this today God is trying to make a vessel of honor out of us today Bethany sings that song he never stops he never stops working how many times you heard her sing that? He never stops. He never stops working. The working that she's singing about is him working on me. Job 23, 8 and 9, he said, I go forward, but he's not there. Backwards, I can't see him. On the left hand, where he works, I can't see him. He said he hides himself on the right hand. I can't see him there. But he knows the way that I take when he tried me, I'm going to come forth as gold. Sister Janet, what we're going through today, he's, he's still working on me. He's making a vessel out of me. And unfortunately, the way he works on us, he tests us. We thank God. You know whether I want to, whether I want to live for you or not. Of course he knows that. He's trying to get us to know it. He already knows the plans he has for you, said Janet. But the trials is to teach us to know. And the very act of testing is part of the preparation that can drive us to go deeper in a relationship with God like nothing else can. The Bible teaches us that God tests and tries every person which he uses in the kingdom of God. He, he looks at our attitudes, he, our motivations. He wants to see if it's pure or not. And that's not just to expose weakness, but to cause them to turn our weaknesses to God. And here's the thing. How does he work on us? Through our trials. Through our test. That's how he works on me. That's God's still working on me. How does he do it? Through my trials and my tests. God allows those difficult situations to refine us spiritually. Because what it does, it creates faithfulness. We see that God is faithful. It helps us sort out things in our life and every Christian every person we should desire to be used of God in some way but many people don't understand the process of how he's still working on me so we resist and we push away we, we, we go through failures and we go through situations we think I, I, I must be no good because I can't figure I'm not getting this and God says I'm trying to work on you through that situation. And most people do not understand that proving is a lifetime process. And as long as we live, he's still working on me. And while he's working on me, tests are going to occur in my life. That's how he works on me. And sometimes while he's working on me, I've got to go back to the potter's wheel. And I've got to get back on that potter's wheel. Matter of fact, it's often. Jeremiah 18, 4, I'm, I'm alluded to it here, but he said, 
And the vessels that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter, and he made yet again another vessel and sing good to the potter. We see a marred vessel on a wheel, but that means that vessel is malleable, it's tender, but it's marred. Marred means ruined. But it was almost to completion when he found a flaw in it. I've seen videos of it. He'll be working it, and all of a sudden there's a flaw in it. What does he do? He crushes it. <laughs> and he makes a vessel again. And, and that's where I think a lot of times we think, he's crushing me, so he must not love me. He's crushing me, and I must not be anything. No. That means he's just going to make me again. And the key is we have to stay tender. We have to realize I'm not there yet. And God is, he is a master at taking ordinary clay like us and making it over again and again. And if we give God the clay of our life, you know what the clay of our life? It's our heart. It's our being. He can make something beautiful out of something ugly. And I'm going to tell you what. A lot of times I feel like my heart's so ugly. But how many marred and ugly vessels have become wasted because when they go through that crushing process, they climb off the wheel and say, I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you, this is what God's doing to our church right now. Through these deaths and through the, the stuff that we've been through, God is making, He's still working on us. And there's people climbing off the wheel and saying, no, I'm not going to do that. He said he made another vessel again. Sometimes our mess-ups, they damage us from what God wants us to be, but his mercy takes us, puts us back on the wheel. Because as long as we're on the wheel, he can work with us. But when God is not able, when is God not able to still be working on me okay and as long as i'm breathing he's still working on me but there comes a time when it seems like the potter well let me read it jeremiah 19 1 and 2 it said thus said the lord go and get a potter's earthen vessel bottle take it of the ancients of the people and the ancients of the priests and go forth in the valley of the son of hinnom which is in the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee. If you jump down to verse 10, it says, And thou shalt, and that, then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of all men, and go with thee. And thou shalt say to them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so I will break this people in this city, as one breaketh a potter's vessel, that cannot be made whole again. And they shall bury them in Tophet, till there be no place of burying. Why, why are some... Vessels reworked and others are shadowed because what they do is if they get a vessel that's so marred and they can't work, it's hard and they can't work with it no more, there's only one thing to do. They shatter it. Break it into pieces. And they sweep it into the potter's field, which is just full of broken pieces. And what causes us to go from the potter's house to the potter's wheel, field? And, and this is the thing. is when we become so hard in our heart that he can't work with us. Because once that vessel becomes hardened, it cannot be worked with anymore. And as long as we're on the wheel, as long as he can keep adding, they keep adding water to it, which is uh, in the Bible a type of the word. As long as we're able to let the Spirit of God use the Word of God to mold us he can work with us. And when we realize I'm not there yet, so he's not done with me yet, so whatever I'm going through right now in my life, he's just trying to make me a better vessel. Because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 19-21, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity or sin. He said, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and of earth. He says, some's honor and some to dishonor. And if, if a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, 
sanctified meat for the master's use and prepared to every good work. See, God desires to keep working on me to make me that vessel of honor. That word form there, primary use is, is talking about the potter. It means to squeeze and to shake, shape and to work with. It, that means that he's not haphazardly designing us, but he's forming us. Jesus, the creator, he had a vision for us. God created man in his own image. He formed and squeezed man into that masterpiece he had in mind. And God was that template for Adam and Eve. Colossians 1.15 says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Jesus wasn't just another man, another teacher, another prophet. He was the mighty God reconciling the world back to himself. And, and the Lord came to Jeremiah that one day and told him, when he said, go down to the, the potter's house, I'm going to show you a lesson. God showed Jeremiah how he relates to people. The potter was forming the clay. It became marred. That's what sin does to us. In our perfectly formed vessel, created vessel, sin mars our life. Everything around this world, God created, it been marred. He don't want us to be a cracked vessel because it's not going to hold no water, right? The Old Testament, Testament, the Old Testament is about seeing crack God's perfect vessel, Adam and Eve in the garden, and how God kept working with his people and what sin does to us. That's, the, that's the, what we see in the Old Testament just in, a, just in a nutshell there. And God looked at all our junk. He looked at the marred vessel and said, I'll buy that. I'll take that. God wants us to know how worthwhile, how important we are to Him. He's bought us out of that potter's field. Even when you feel like you've been broken and crushed, He can go to the potter's field with something that's broken, pull all them pieces back together, because as long as we're breathing, He can still work it. This, this is how it works. We can take somebody who has totally and completely wrecked their life, They've, they've, they've uh, drugs, alcohol, addictions, uh, multiple marriages, all this stuff. Their life is so broken and totally uh, tore on to pieces. And God says, okay, I'll still purchase it. And he'll reach out of the potter's field. He'll drag in all them pieces because it doesn't matter how scattered your life may be. He knows where every piece of your life is. He can bring us back in out of that potter's field. He can add the Word of God, which is the water, back to our life. And that's what keeps our heart not hardened is the Word of God and the Spirit of God working with us. And He can create a masterpiece. Hallelujah. And He can just keep working with us. And He's not done with us as long as we're breathing on this earth. Calvary tells us that God did not give up and he came back and he bought us back and Calvary meant that he was not through with us yes, amen. and I know sometimes we mess up we feel like we can never get back but I'm going to tell us again today as long as we're breathing he's still working on us don't ever let someone tell you you're no good. Because my value is not dependent on some ex-spouse or a mom and dad or a present spouse or a present brother or sister or somebody else in this world. My value in this life is not determined on what they think about me. But the fact that I'm still breathing means that God still sees value in my life or I would not be breathing. We are His masterpiece. And he paid everything he had for our redemption to redeem us from sin. And the potter, he had a marred vessel, but he added water, which is the word of God to that vessel, and his spirit kept, kept working with our life. Why? When he could have thrown us away, he made another vessel out of us. He's still working. Why? We may ask why the pressure of pain in life is because he is going to keep working on us until He perfects us into His image. We've got to examine our faith today. The trials in life, the areas of that, that we're going through, it's because the potter's still working on us. And He sees us. And He says, you know what? That spot's got a little bit hard. So I've got to allow a trial to break them. I've got to allow something to go in that place right there and break them. 
And if we can let our life stay as soft and malleable we can to God, we can let Him have His way, allow Him to work on us as it seems good unto Him. One day, we'll be in the fullness of Jesus. We'll be a vessel of honor, fit for the Master's use. He's still working on me. I read it a while ago. Let me read it again. Jeremiah 18.4. I'm, I'm fixing the end. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. And he made it again another vessel. As it seemed good to the potter to make it. He's still working on me. He's still working on me. And if I can drive anything home today. Is this. As long as I'm still breathing. He's still working on me. That lost kid of yours out there that's wayward, you rest assured, if they're still breathing, He's still working on them. Sometimes, that wayward person that we're worried about, we just need to back up and say, God, whatever it takes, save them. And then when God begins to break them, Understand, there's a reason why. He's got to break that hardness and then the Word of God can get in them. And He can make, again, another vessel. I close with this song today. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. There really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Don't judge me yet. There's an unfinished part. But I'll better just according to his plan Fashioned by the master's loving hand He's still working on me To make me what I ought to be Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars How loving and patient he must be He's still working on me. The next verse says, In the mirror of His Word, reflections that I see makes me wonder why He never gave up on me. But He loves me as I am and helps me when I pray. Remember, He's the potter, I'm the clay. He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. Because he's still working on me. I say this one last time. If you are still breathing, He's still working on you. Amen. Isn't the Lord good?